0: Welcome to a conversation powered by Connected Learning, where we chat with some of today's leading minds about new learning approaches designed for the demands and opportunities of the digital age. Connected Learning values the new ways many young people today access information, gain expertise, and learn alongside peers and mentors using the internet, social networks, and digital technology. We're excited you're here to join the conversation as we seek to make learning relevant.
1: Hello, this is Chris Lawrence, the senior director of the Hive Learning Network's project. And today we're chatting with Sam Dyson about how he sees connected learning at work within the Hive Learning Network. Hi, Sam.
0: Hey, Chris. Thanks for taking the time.
1: No problem. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Um, Sam is the director of the Hive Chicago branch of the Hive Learning Network. Um, Sam has developed connected learning programs and resources for teams adults, including Hive Fashion in Chicago and and New York City's Learning Networks, and the creation of the Connected Learning Program Guide for U-Media Chicago. Um, Sam, let's go ahead and get started. For those listening who might not be familiar with the Hive Learning Network, could you give us a quick breakdown of what it is and how it serves young learners?
0: The Hive Learning Network is a community of organizations that have youth programs. In Chicago, we're 57 member organizations who all work together together to serve teens, leveraging the power of uh, digital media to provide connected learning experiences for those young people.
1: That was a good quick summation. So could you maybe give us a little bit of color and maybe give us some examples um, of where you see this work being successful or some um, some way to sort of paint us a picture of that that work as you see it on the ground?
0: Yeah. So I can talk about an event that we just had uh, this past weekend in connection to with the Chicago city of learning, which is a citywide connected learning initiative that uses digital badges to support learning that happens throughout the city, throughout the summer and throughout the year. So the, the event that we, um, the hive learning network helped to uh run it was a maker party which is part of a broader initiative uh led by the mozilla foundation to engage communities globally in learning uh on the web and learning with the web and um the maker party as uh you yourself have so well described chris is Uh, is like a food court for learning. So it's an opportunity where these many organizations come together to provide on-the-site hands-on experiences for young people to to really pick things up, learn, do, make. um, And the range of activities is really staggering. Um, There were organizations representing um, science programs and giving kids an opportunity to, to to touch and feel nature and to design their own seed distribution uh, mechanisms uh, to see if theirs could were could perform better than those that nature has created. Um, and other sites have um, and other activities at this event have kids using um, digital tools to create their own uh, music, uh, exploring robotics, uh, upcycling. Um, new clothing from uh, recycled uh, t-shirts and so on. So the range of activities is, is really robust and the idea is that we want to um, enable deeper engagement and learning uh, by connecting that learning uh, to the things that youth are interested in and uh, both their native interests and the new interests that they discover from events like this and linking those um, experiences to interaction socially with other young people and caring adults uh, and leveraging digital media uh, to bring that learning into the 21st century.
1: If you could sort of do a little bit of future casting, maybe some near future casting and think about um, the Hive Learning Network in in Chicago and then probably as it connected to a, a broader Hive Learning Network, worldwide, what do you think success would look like for both of those things in, in, let's say, 2020?
0: Well, I think a big, um, so there are two key things that we as a network are trying to leverage the connections that exist among us to enable young people to do. So the first is that um, we need to be seeing young people throughout the city having access to the programs that are offered through these different institutions Uh, for a lot of kids in Chicago. And I think Chicago may not be unique in this. um, Their world is really uh, defined by the very small surroundings that their life is, is confined to, whether because of transportation issues or safety issues. And, um, and a lot of those young people don't have access, physical access to the, programs, or even digital access. And so one um, view of success is that there is more equitable access for young people to the robust and uh, varied learning opportunities that exist in the city, Uh, not just in the out-of-school space, but in-school space. And think another aspect of um, success is that the access that those young people have would actually lead not just to individual experiences and individual programs, but to whole pathways of learning opportunities that may start at a particular uh, organization offering programs in their neighborhood, but might then lead from that organization to the network of other opportunities that exist throughout the city. When more kids have more equitable access throughout the city, and more of those kids are finding learning pathways that lead across all of their varied lives of learning or the aspects of their various aspects of their life of learning. Um, that's really what success begins to look like for us.
1: Awesome. That was a very clear and concise sort of view of, of where Hive can be successful in, in just four or five um, short years. It may circle back and get that transcribed after the, the podcast is in the can. Um, so you, you touched on this a little bit, but you really, you know, we're in, well, we're sort of a little bit deeper into a new century. I think we can probably stop calling it a new century here soon. Um, <laughs> but as we move deeper into the 21st century, wh- what are your opinions on probably what are some of the most pressing issues um, in education um, and, and maybe then beginning to think about where you see solutions and maybe where your, your work may, may start providing them?
0: Yeah. One of the um one of the things that really resonates with me about the hive work um <clears throat> is the way in which uh it is using connected learning in the design and facilitation of experiences for learners. Uh I taught physics in a high school context for 10 years and over the course of my um teaching experience I'd say that the the single biggest area of growth for me uh, was the realization that learning was a and, and teaching was about uh, experiences and not just about information so uh, my job became less about the transfer of information and more about the design and facilitation of a certain experience um, that would give young people an encounter um, with, uh, with new knowledge and new understanding. Um, and in the same way, the connected learning work has really created a, a robust community of people, organizations, places, approaches uh, where you see experiences being designed and facilitated And so I think one of the big challenges that we have in education broadly is to continue to aid that shift of um, teaching and learning as transfer of information um, toward teaching and learning as the design facilitation and encounter with uh, transformative experiences. Digital media can really um, extend that uh, in deep ways, um, not just through the encounter with that media, but also the use of digital media to connect learners to one another and to those who, um, can help them continue on their, uh, learning pathway.
1: So I think probably coming out of the, the, your, the answers to the last two questions and really, um you know, starting to unpack some of your personal beliefs, um, and where you see things going and then where I think, you know, you're really starting to diagnose solutions and ways forward. What, where does, does some of your thinking there, or does it, um, start to impact on broadening economic opportunities and maybe economic equity for, for youth as they progress through their life cycle?
0: The entry point for, um, conversations about economic opportunity um, into education is often um, through the door marked, you know, education leads to uh, preparation for for jobs and um, the acquisition of skills. And a lot of people actually see education as the means for ensuring economic prosperity in the future and of course it is partly that but it is not only that and uh, I think What we have the opportunity to do um, In these robust citywide networks that have a variety of partners some of which offer programs and some of which actually employ young people uh, We have the opportunity to connect learning and earning in a real-time present tense sort of way that's not just education as future preparation but um, as uh, learning that happens in lots of contexts and so some of those contexts look like school some look like after school programs some look like job settings uh, but when the learning is connected you're not only opening doors for economic opportunity through the learning experiences, but you're really broadening the definition of what learning means and looks like.
1: So, as you know, um, one of the sort of the, and the continuing maturation of, of connected learning and the ideas behind it um, really starting to put forth that, um, you know, building off of the traditional education set of the of the three R's. Um, it's kind of a nuance on the three R's, which which is the fourth R of, of relevance, um, which obviously is not a, a hard skill, but it's really a frame in which we think about learning. Um, how do you define the importance of, uh, or the, uh, not importance of, but de- define relevance as it comes to, to young people's learning?
0: Yeah, I think relevance is the thing that uh, moves knowledge To understanding Uh, um, that's the that's how I would describe it sort of from a physics context Um, and and just pursuing that a little further I think um, anyone who's had physics will uh, identify with the fact that um, physics can be learned and taught in a way that seems quite irrelevant and disconnected from any real-world experience which is ironic since it is um, so much about uh, the study of real world experience. But um, the reason my own thinking as a physics teacher shifted from information transfer to experience design and facilitation uh, is because um, it's the experience that, that helps make uh, learning relevant and helps unlock uh, a deeper level of understanding that goes beyond just the acquisition of information, just rote knowledge. And likewise, I think in the context that we work, um, often supported by um, technology, the <clears throat> the relevance of what young people learn um, is basically the... Um, I guess a way of saying that what they learn connects to something they know and care about or aspire to learn, that it's relevant in some way, it's connected in some way. And once learning experiences become connected, often through some sort of uh, lived experience, um, that relevance unlocks a deeper level of of learning um than would happen otherwise and so one of the things i think we can really offer um, in these network contexts to educators who are working in contexts where their access to to broad experiences is, is more limited um is the the thing we can offer is a kind of broadened experience and therefore broadened relevance uh for the for the content that that's covered in those places
1: so could you give us um you know maybe dive into hive chicago and see if you could pull out one of um you know a story or an anecdote about where you think some organization or person or some aspect of hive chicago is is doing that relevance work and making that real
0: so there are two contexts in which uh i think we see this issue of relevance emerging. Um, There there are two places in which we see uh, members in the network creating relevance for young people through what they do. Uh, One, in one specific context, uh, actually relates to a project um, that grew out of years of collaboration and conversation and uh, developed into a program called Now is the Time um, that just uh, completed a really robust year of programming that reached ultimately more than 10,000 young people throughout Chicago. And um, the the title, uh, Now is the Time, refers to uh, the fact that uh, this work was really about uh, Naming now as the time to address uh, and empower young people to address a lot of issues related to youth violence in the city. And uh, this is a topic that is extremely relevant for a lot of young people, even those who haven't been directly um, affected by uh, youth violence. And unfortunately, too many young people have been directly affected by it. But even for those um, who had not, uh, there is uh, so much in the news about, uh, about violence and the impact of violence on communities throughout this city and others um, that this program gave young people an opportunity uh, to use their voice to engage a wide community through a variety of means both um, using digital media to tell their own story, uh, to create videos and um, and other digital uh, products, but also um, to be able to um, to speak out in open forums in public uh, ways, uh, and to use theater uh, as an example as one means uh, to to act out um, and to explore uh, these issues. Um, in a way that was really constructive and productive and invited dialogue and growth. So that um, was a a project, just an example of a project that took varied uh, approaches to addressing this issue of of great relevance. Uh, And I think another way in which this is happening is through initiatives like the Cities of Learning that are using digital badges, Um, not because the badge itself um, has relevance for young people, but that the uh, um, by earning a badge for uh, gaining a particular skill or um, uh, unlocking a particular achievement, uh, that badge can then be connected to and linked to other badges that are relevant to the interests um, and skills that we know young people want to develop because they tell us. Um, so, imagine somebody earns a badge for um, doing some digital uh, graphic design uh, and then the system that gives them that badge also suggests a series of others that they might be interested in exploring because of their interests. By virtue of being connected to these other uh, potential opportunities relevant to their interests, um, each learning experience has a greater uh, potential for uh, for meaningfulness, uh, and for, uh, for real depth and richness.
1: That's great. Um, and I've been a big fan of, uh, now as a time program for, for definitely the last couple of years. Um, let me take you out on this question, Sam. Um, I, I kind of think of it as our, as our sort of teen magazine of, of connected learning, uh, questions of the six connected learning principles. Um, you know, which is your fave and why?
0: Yeah, I um I think it's it's gotta be production centered that uh design principle that um that says learning experiences um that are designed to be to, to engage the learner as a producer and not just a consumer, uh those experiences have a deeper kind of power. Um, than those that just offer passive experiences to the learner, and uh, so much of what this work is about. Um, even things like the the maker party visited that that I just mentioned earlier, uh, visited by more than twelve hundred people this past weekend. Um, this le- food court for learning. Um wasn't just a place. It wasn't a gallery walk to go around and and see what different um, programs offer. And uh, it was a place to go around and actually do something at every one of these stations to make something to create, uh, to have some agency um, and some freedom, some flexibility, so that the things that were being created in this space were really personal and um, and unique. Uh, And 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 without a focus on providing production centered learning experiences, um, events like these could just become show and tell opportunities. Um, But I think connected learning is really pushing us as a network and and as individual educators and as youth uh, beyond show and tell learning toward a place where uh, learning is active. It is about production um as much as it is about consumption
1: well thank you so much for the, the time today sam i just want to follow up on a few things of, uh, um where you can find out more information on some of the things that that uh, sam discussed one is uh, hivelearningnetworks.org which you can find links there to the existing hive learning networks in chicago in new york city in toronto and pittsburgh Um, also, um, for more information on, uh, maker parties, including details on how to become a partner and how to get involved with the maker party this summer, you can go to party.webmaker.org. And, um, for more information on the, um, Mozilla initiatives, um, that Sam and I are a part of via Hive and other things, you can just go to webmaker.org. Um, so thanks Sam for taking your time and talking to us a little bit about, uh, your, your work, your projects, and your relationship to Connected Learning.
0: Thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for joining us here at the Connected Learning Alliance. If you missed any of this conversation or want to listen to more discussions, check out our website at clalliance.org or subscribe to our podcast channel on iTunes. See you back here for more talks with change makers and thought leaders who are building the next generation of learning.